Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi everyone, my name is Mac and I want to welcome you to the very first episode of Dimming the Gaslight, our healing journey from narcissistic abuse. Um, I'm really excited to be doing this. Uh, from the moment I hit the, the record button right now, I'm saying I can't believe I'm doing this, but this is exciting. Um, I've been thinking about doing this for a while. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I, I so this whole idea of doing a podcast um, started because I have an Instagram page. If you'd like to follow me, um, you can follow me at dimming, that's D-I-M-M-I-N-G, underscore the, underscore gaslight. Um, so that's my Instagram page. It's dimming the gaslight, dimming underscore the underscore gaslight underscore. Um, so on my Instagram page, I, I actually talk to um, a lot of people on there who have experience with narcissistic personality disorder. And um, it, it's become abundantly clear that everybody has a story to tell, um, as do I. And uh, I really feel like we can share our stories together and promote healing um, together. And uh, so I, I started thinking about you know, what can I do to get my story out there and, and, and potentially hear more of, um, you know, you guys stories. And, uh, I think a podcast would be a great way to do that. Um, so I'm going to use this as an outlet to tell my story. Um, I'd love to have, once I get through my story and, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a little bit of qualification in a couple minutes, but, um, once I get through my story, I'd, I'd like to have the listeners, of this podcast, if you're listening to this, I'd like to have you on and I'd like to, you know, have a conversation with you and learn about your story. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a low pressure conversation. Basically, I just want to know, you know, what you're doing, how, what, you know, what happened, um, and, uh, how you're, how you're making it through. Um, so I guess, um, yeah, that, that's my ultimate goal is, is to basically create a community, um, out of this, you know, a community of healing so we can do this together. So that's why I named it, um, dimming the gaslight, our healing journey. Cause it's not my healing journey. I want, I want this to be a community. Um, and I think that would be really eye opening to see how, um, so much of it, we've experienced so much of the same thing, you know, these nar- narcissists are so 
textbook. You know, some of the situations are different, um, but what they do, having the knowledge that I have about narcissistic personality disorder, um, I keep making the joke. It's like having a crystal ball. Like I can almost see into the future and I, I know what they're going to do. And, um, you know, it gives me the ability to like predict what's going to happen to me. But, um, so listen, I mean, um, before I go into my story, um, I guess I, I should do a little qualification. Um, my name's Mac. I'm in my late thirties. Um, I spent just shy of nine years with my narcissist, like eight years and 10 months. So we'll just call it nine years. Um, I have two beautiful children. I have a boy named Owen, who is five, and I have a girl named Valerie, who is three. Um, I live in New Jersey, um, just outside of New York City, about 20 minutes outside of New York City. Um, And I've only been out of my marriage, uh, at the time of this recording, I've only been out of my marriage for nine weeks. Actually, it's nine weeks today. Wow. Yeah, nine weeks today. Um, Nine weeks ago, wow, probably right at this very time, um, I got a knock on my door that my next, which if, if you're new to narcissistic personality disorder, there's a term that goes gets thrown around called "nex" is uh, a nickname for a narcissistic ex, uh, and I, I've, I like that I've kind of adopted that. So um, my nex file, uh, filed false domestic abuse charges on me and had me removed my home, um, which I'll, I'll get to more down the line. As you can expect, um, it's been a coping journey. Um, I am navigating finding my new identity, you know, my identity was, you know, that of a a husband, a father. um, And, uh, you know, I'll get into my story a little bit more down the line about the kids and and missing them and how I'm dealing with the uh, divorce and court and all that, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's, that's, you know, I know there's so many people out here. I'm not the only one to go through a divorce. There's so many people out here that are going through similar things. Um, But, you know, you know, I'm sure my story is going to help people. Um, it, it doesn't help to keep it in. I know I'll tell you that. And uh, I'd like to hear from everybody how you're navigating this. Um, so that's a little qualification from me. Um, um, so before I get into my story, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about how I ultimately discovered narcissistic abuse. Um, I always knew, I always knew there was something wrong with her. Um, I thought I knew she was a pathological liar. I mean, I've never met anybody who lies about just the absolutely most trivial things. Like, you know, um, she'll say, I don't know, I didn't, like just stupid stuff. Like, I didn't eat breakfast this morning. They're like, no, I'm, I made everybody eggs. Don't you remember? Well, I didn't eat them. Yes, you did. I watched you eat them. No, 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 no. They, I had a stomachache and I threw them in the garbage. Like, no, I what? Okay, whatever. Fine. Yeah, you didn't eat the eggs. Like, why are we even arguing about this? Um, and if, if she'll fight about eggs, you know, she'll fight about, oh my God, you know, just wait with my story. I, you guys already understand. So um, the lying about the things was just crazy. And, um, I'm really into, uh, rock music. And, uh, as I mentioned, I live in New Jersey. There's a, there's a band that I absolutely love. And the name of the band is called the Gaslight Anthem. If you haven't heard of them, check them out. They're absolutely amazing. And, um, so I fell in love with this band called the Gaslight Anthem and I started doing research about gaslighting. 
and just the term gaslighting. And um, for those of you who don't know, gaslighting is defined as manipulating someone by psychological means into questioning their own reality. Um, the term gaslighting comes from a movie. I think um, I actually watched it. It's on YouTube if you want to check it out. It, um, it, it came from a movie. I, I want to say it's like 1940. I know it's from the 40s um, called Gaslight. Um, I actually watched it. The full movie is on uh, YouTube if you want to check it out. Um, and it's basically just like the original narcissist, you know, and it's it, for 1940. I'm sure it creeped a whole lot of people out. Um, I watched it the other day and, uh, you know, oh, going back to my qualification, uh, you know, I'm out of my home and I'm currently living with my father. Um, so I, you know, I'm blessed to have a roof over my house, a roof over my head. I'm blessed to, you know, um, be able to eat and, uh, you know, I'm, yeah. Anyway, so I'm watching, uh, I watched Gaslight the other day with my father and, uh, he was sitting there going, Oh my God. Like, you know, it's an old movie. It's in black and white. And, uh, he's like, Oh my God, I'm getting anxiety. I was like, you're getting anxiety. I lived this for nine years. <laughs> and, um, so, uh, anyway, so the Gaslight Anthem. Okay. I, I absolutely love this band, the Gaslight Anthem. So I started looking into the word gaslighting. And like I said, it's trying to convince somebody basically that their reality isn't real. So, um, I used to say, you're gaslighting me. You're gaslighting me. Like that didn't happen. I was there. Like, why are you trying to convince me that something that I was there for didn't happen? I was there. I was there. I've said it a thousand times. I was there. Um, and to me, she was a gaslighter. She was a gaslighter. I don't know why the term narcissistic personality disorder didn't like slip through the cracks, but it just didn't. I don't know. I guess maybe I didn't put enough effort into the, to the, um, research I was doing, I guess. But like the other thing is too, I think most people, when you think of the term narcissist, you think of like extreme vanity and don't get me wrong. Like my next is super vain. She's a super attention craving. Um, you know, I used to give her, um, I used to give her uh, grief about her Instagram, her private Instagram. Um, she had, I want to say something like four or 500 pictures less than Kim Kardashian. And I didn't know why that bothered me, but I would say, well, I do know why it bothered me because she used to, you know, make me have these very contrived pictures. We never had a natural moment. We always had to stop and pause and take the picture. And if you were, if you were, you know, at a party or something and you were, you know, having a drink and you were just talking to your friend against the wall, you know, you couldn't get a, a organic picture. It had to be, you know, oh, you guys are having fun. We'll turn around and smile. It's like, no, just take the picture, you know? Anyway, so she had like four, four or 500 pictures less than Kim Kardashian. And knowing now what I know, um, it's because she absolutely craves attention, you know, Kim Kardashian, that's her livelihood. I mean, I'm not making excuses for her. I mean, she's probably the most vainous person on the, on the face of the planet, but that's how she makes her living. And my next just posts pictures of our kids or the work she was doing around the house or like, you know, and she had like 400 followers. So who are you posting this for? Nobody really gives a crap about your kids as much as you do. Um, so to me, Yes, she was a nar. Uh, okay, so if she was a narcissist, I just thought narcissist meant extreme vanity, and she was. Listen, she was vain, but and she was beautiful, but she wasn't. I, I guess like she didn't like flaunt it, you know. Like I didn't think vanity. Okay, I didn't think vanity was the problem. Okay, I didn't think vanity was the problem. I didn't pinpoint that as the problem, um, and that's not 
what how I thought of a narcissist as I knew the definition of a narcissist. Um, so fast forward to uh, like I've been out of the relationship, like I said, nine weeks today. So somewhere I'd say 12 weeks ago is when I made the discovery about narcissistic abuse. And um, I'll tell you the story uh, in a few episodes down the line, because I'm going to tell a chronological story um, about uh, just the entire relationship. And, uh, you know, like those jokes when, you, you know, you, you say, oh, my name is Mac, and you're probably wondering how I got here. And that's that's the story I'm going to tell. Um, but what I did want to say is, like I said, she was a gaslighter to me. That's what she was. Um, I didn't make the connection with narcissistic abuse until much later. Um, so when I did discover the term narcissism, um, I like to call it the ingredients of the narcissist's recipe. Okay. And what I mean by that is if you're doing your research about narcissism, um, you know, you'll, you'll find things on Wikipedia. You'll just find things on the internet that give you the traits of narcissism. But what really was my aha moment that clicked is when I learned about certain terms such as gaslighting, trauma bonds, narcissistic supply, reactionary abuse, love bombing, hoovering, triangulation, smear campaigns, um, flying monkeys. These were the kind of terms that um, really, it felt like somebody handed me a book and I was in school and said, this is what she's got. And I remember that feeling of the walls closing in on me. And it was like something out of The Shining or something. And the walls closing in on me. And I go, oh, my God, she's a narcissist. And um, I remember I was in my basement and we, we had, we in New Jersey, we have a finished basement in the home we own. And I walked upstairs and uh, I think she was giving the kids chicken nuggets or something in the kitchen. And I remember standing at the top of the stairs and I probably stayed 10 feet away from her. And I remember just looking at her and thinking, I just spent nine years with you and I haven't met you. You're a stranger until this very moment. Um, nine years with somebody and then she became a stranger. And I really feel like I only knew her for about three weeks uh, before, like I said, she, she filed false uh, abuse, domestic abuse allegations on me to get me removed from my home. So all that to say, what I wanted to talk about today is these, as I mentioned, ingredients to the narcissistic abuse recipe. Um, because like I said, this was my aha moment. This is what felt like I know really what's going on. So I touched on gaslighting already. Okay. That's to manipulate someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. Um, as I mentioned, I, I talk a lot of people on Instagram, um, and a big, I guess you could call it point of contention. I'm um, not necessarily a point of contention. Maybe that's the wrong word. Um, we all can just relate to the term trauma bond. Okay. And um, if you're new or you're doing your research about narcissistic abuse, um, trauma bonds are emotional bonds with an individual that arise from a reoccurring cyclical pattern of abuse perpetrated by intermediate 
reinforcement through rewards and punishment. The process of forming trauma bonds is referred to as trauma bonding or traumatic bonding. Okay. Now this can go hand in hand with the term love bomb. Okay. If you don't know what a love bomb is, the love bomb is essentially, uh, it's defined as lavish, uh, I guess, lavishing someone with attention or affection, especially in order to influence or manipulate them. Um, and I, I copy and paste it in my notes here. Um, He's an emotionally manipulative boyfriend who love bombs Kate into believing he's everything she wants. So trauma bonding and love bonding, they, uh, I'm sorry, trauma bonding and love bombs kind of go hand in hand. Um, the reason I say this is because when you get love bombed, um, it's basically everything you could have ever wanted. You know, if you are a religious person, you would have thought you prayed this into life. Okay. Um, in my experience, um, you know, let's let's just call a spade a spade. It was all the sex I could ask for. Um, it was gifts. It was quality time. It was words of affirmation. If you don't know about your love languages, too, maybe that's another uh, episode I could do. But the love languages, uh, look that up. Um, it was basically love bombing is everything you can ask for. Okay, um, they will make you think that this is the one and and the funny thing is is it will move very quickly super quickly um and you'll just be like wow i, I waited my whole life for this person but going back to the trauma bond okay um what they do is it says it's a um, cyclical pattern of abuse perpetrated by intermediate reinforcement through awards and punishments okay so um, you would get this love bomb and they'll give you everything you ever asked for. You'll think you prayed it into life and then you'll get in a stupid fight about, um, anything. They'll, they'll find a way to pull you down. You know, maybe it's your, you know, oh, well, you know, um, your friend gave me an attitude today when we were at the bar or, um, you know, I was going through your, your social media and, um, you know, I, I think you have feelings for other girls and you're not paying attention to me or other guys and you're not paying attention to me. They start and they do this so that you prove yourself to them. And in my experience, I'm like, no, 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 you, you are who I want. You are everything I want. Um, and you become bonded to them because of the trauma. I mean, it's, it's perfectly worded again. This is, like I said, this is all my experience and I didn't know what I knew until after, well, I had three weeks of doing research before I left my home. Um, and this is the research that I was doing. So I'm hoping that this, this, if you haven't done this research, if this is, you know, the first time you're hearing it, I'm, I'm, um, grateful for that. You know, I'm hoping that I can bring this to somebody. Um, so the trauma bonds and, uh, the love bombing is, um, it makes you like a drug addict. And what I mean by that is you are constantly chasing, getting back to that feeling of euphoria. Okay. And no matter what it'll last, it might last couple weeks. It might last a couple months. It will not last a year. I read somewhere fairly recently that um, a narcissist or somebody with a personality disorder or just somebody who's just generally an asshole, I've read recently that a person cannot keep a mask on 
for more than four months, okay, 120 days. So I guess that's probably about, I mean, we had problems within the four months um, of just stupid stuff that she would accuse me of or, you know, she would get mad at me over, you know, leaving a dish in the sink that didn't get cleaned or whatever. And that, that dish getting left in the sink would turn into a, you know, week long fight. And like, I remember thinking it's too, you know, we weren't married, we were dating, but um, I just remember thinking this is too soon for the honeymoon phase to be over. Um, and I kept chasing it. I kept chasing it. So I hope that makes sense about love bombing and trauma bonds. Like I said, they go hand in hand. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is narcissistic supply. Okay. Um, narcissistic supply is a pathological or excessive need for attention or, or admiration from codependence or such a need in the orally fix. Uh, hold on. I'm butchering this. Um, Okay, I'll, I'll take it. Narcissistic supply is is essentially um, what the narcissist gets from you. They know the kind of person that they sought out, which was you. If you're listening to this, if you're anything like me, um, I've heard everywhere we are what's called empaths. And as an empath, we are great feelers. You know, um, we feel a lot of stuff and the narcissist gets supply from us. Now that might be monetarily, that might be sexually, that might be um, like a social standard. Um, there's, They're not going to be in a relationship with you if they have nothing to gain from it. And that's why the love bombing and trauma bonds are so strong is because they know what you have to offer as a person, whether it be physical or emotional or whatever, they know it. They see you. They they can sniff you out. It's like a shark, you know, with blood in the water. They can sniff you out. Um, so they have something to gain from you. So that's narcissistic supply. The supply, um, again, because you've been love bombed, you're willing to give them the supply to try and get back to that love bomb, trying to get back to that high. Okay. Um, so that's, that's, uh, narcissistic supply. Um, here's another good one. Um, and you know what? I'm afraid down the line, I'm just going to get this out of the way. So the next term is reactionary abuse. And when I was about to say, I'm afraid, I'm afraid down the line, I'm going to do a whole episode about reactionary abuse. And the reason I'm afraid is because, listen, I was not a saint in my marriage. Um, I said a lot of hurtful things. I did a lot of things I'm not proud of. Um, but I will say this. And I don't want to make excuses, and that's not what I'm doing here. But before I met my narcissist, um, I felt I was perhaps the best version of myself that I've ever met. I really was in a good place. I really liked myself. I was really in a good time of my life. And um, I had a friend who would say, like, 
you know, Mac, you are, you're too positive. You're annoying. You know, like life is not this good and it's not all these, you know, rainbows and butterflies and, you know, you're too positive and you seem disingenuous because I was really just in a good place. And, um, again, my narcissist preyed off of that. Um, so going back to reactionary abuse, okay. Um, the abuser denies the abuse ever took place attacks the victim for attempting to hold the abuser accountable and claims they, as the abuser, are actually the victim in the situation, thus reversing the reality of the victim and offender. So, um, let's say, I'll give you an example with me, okay? Um, I never got along with my nexus family, okay? Um, and, you know, we would regularly... I would try and she, she was abnormally close to her family. Um, listen, I'm all for family, but, uh, you know, she was married to me. Um, and at a certain point, you know, you have to put your marriage above, you know, I'm not saying above your family. This is coming out wrong when I'm saying it, but you know, you got to work on your marriage. You know, you're married, you got married and you have to work on it. So anyway, my point is going, I was going to say a story. Um, so like, for example, I would go to the in-laws house for pizza on a Friday night and, um, you know, I would be sitting there and, uh, you know, they would make some snide comments about my job or my family or my friends or, um, you know, Oh, you know, uh, oh, I, I saw on Facebook, your friend lost his job again. What a real loser. And I'm like, what? Like, how is that for you to, to decide? Like, why? Like, stay out of it. You know, like, that's not up for you. And I would, you know, be looking at my wife and I'd be saying, I'd be looking at her like, you can say anything about this. And like, you know, we would get in the car or something. And I was like, man, your mother was really rude. And she'd be like, well, you were really rude. And I'm like, how was I rude? And she would say, oh, well, you know, you can't tell her she's not allowed to to judge your friends on Facebook. And I was like, those are my friends. What if I started talking about her friends? Like, that's not something you do. Listen, I'm just giving you an example here. You know, um, I'm just pulling this out of the clouds. But um, people who have experienced reactionary abuse, what happens is, is that you express yourself, you know, in a, in a normal, healthy relationship, you sit there and you express yourself. So like I would say to my ex, I'd be saying, you know, I felt disrespected by your mother. And instead of that being heard, um, it would be flipped. They would become the victim and you become angry that you're not being, first of all, I got offended. First of all, I was the one who took the the original offense and then you're flipping it on it and saying that I'm the abuser. So it's 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 like a I guess a double-edged sword or like you you get you you kick me twice. Like it's so unfair and you cannot change their mind. You can't change their mind. That's just how they operate. Um and that's reactionary abuse. And the reactionary abuse throughout the relationship got so bad and like I said, you know, that I just gave you one little scenario, um, but I did some really shitty things that I do regret. I do regret, um, and I got to get right with myself about, and that's part of my healing, you know. But the thing is, is that I know I didn't have an anger problem. I had a narcissist problem, and I can't imagine in the future I will ever force myself through those red flags the way I the way I did. I'll never do it again. 
I can't imagine. Uh, I mean, if I've learned nothing from this, um, I will never do that again. Um, so reactionary abuse, I think down the line, um, you know, this is just spitballing here. Uh, maybe I can get in touch through Instagram or maybe someplace else. Um, maybe a doctor or some expert that has experience with reactionary abuse, because I'm sure we've all experienced this. And, um, I'd like to do an entire episode about reactionary abuse because, you know, you are not an abuser. You were the abused and don't let them tell you differently. Okay. Um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, here's another good one. Okay. Um, the term is triangulation. Okay. Um, now triangulation. Um, uh, okay. So my notes here say some people with narcissistic personality disorder may use triangulation to increase their feelings of supremacy, secure their self-esteem and devalue other people while keeping potential competitors off balance. Okay. Um, so when I think personally about triangulation, I think of the, I think we went to three or four marriage counselors. Um, and I would, we would do individual sessions with marriage counselors and then we would do joint sessions with marriage counselors. And when I did the individual sessions, they would be like, you're fine, you're good. And I would get around her and just like, everything was just just deliberately misunderstood. And I try and, and, and the thing is too, that kind of makes me angry. Don't, if you're new to narcissistic uh, abuse, everybody will tell you, do not go to therapy with your narcissist. And I didn't know then what I know now. Um, but they'll have you in front of the therapist losing your goddamn mind because like you'll even be sitting there going i even said to the therapist she's gaslighting me and i don't know if he didn't make the connection or maybe you know narcissistic personality disorder is too hard to diagnose i don't know i'm not a doctor i'm not a therapist but like she would get me in these marriage counseling sessions and you'd be losing your mind trying to to be heard and trying to make a point and doing it generally, genuinely, um, in the name of improving your relationship. And they were doing it in the name of manipulation. So that's triangulation. Um, I'm sure you guys have your own, um, definition or, or experience that as it relates to triangulation, but when I think of triangulation, that's what I think of. I always think of, like I said, I had three or four marriage counselors that she just would hijack the sessions. And it was sad because like I said, I was really working on it. I was really genuinely good intentioned working on it. So, um, okay. So let's see more 
um, ingredients to the recipe. Here's another one. It's called hoovering. Uh, hoovering is a type of emotional abuse or emotional blackmail. Hoovering is done by a narcissistic person when they think the victim or the person who they abuse or control is seeking to move away. What they're going to do is, going back to the love bombing, they're going to start telling you, I'll give you the world. You know, um, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll give you the sex that you've been waiting for, that you've been wanting, that they've been withholding, that they could have. That's the thing that, that bugs me the most about hoovering um, is that they start giving you the things that they were withholding and you realize that they were withholding them intentionally. And as I'm saying these words out of my mouth, it pisses me off because they, they withhold and they know they're doing it. They know it. Um, drives me crazy. Um, they'll, you know, um, in, in the last days when I was in my home, when we were dating, uh, I, I booked this beautiful trip up to Maine for us when we were dating. And on one of the last days before, you know, she filed her allegations, um, she made a comment to me, like, maybe we should take the kids up to Maine for Christmas. And I was like, what? I was like, what? Like, what? Like, you were just telling me I was an asshole, you know, four hours ago. And now you want to take the kids to Maine? Um, when they realize you're ready to pull away, that's when they start hoovering. So know that. Know that the hoover comes with another love bomb. And know that they're giving you the things that they were withholding and they could have been giving it to you all along. And that drives me nuts. Okay. When hoovering doesn't work, it starts getting a little scary. And what I mean by that is another term is called smear campaign. Okay. And that's just a plan to discredit a public figure by making false or dubious accusations. They will, I mean, um, well, <laughs> my next is going around the town, uh, telling people that I physically abused her. And, you know, fortunately for me, and, you know, a lot of people I know, I, like, I, I really truly admit, fortunate for me, I don't care. I don't care what people think of me. Um, you know, I don't care to prove people wrong. The people who she's telling certain things about me, there's a high likelihood I may never see them again. Um, and if I do, it'll be in passing. And if they don't, say hello to me or if, you know, if they're seeing me from a distance and judging me, um, I know who I am. The people who support me and love me, they know who I am. Um, I don't care about proving people wrong. Okay. But I can sympathize with people who are enduring the smear campaign and, um, it's a lot to live through. I've heard some really horrible, disgusting, um, just terrible stories. Uh, like I said, on, on my Instagram page of people who are enduring the smear campaign. Um, and yes, the narcissist knows what they're doing. Yes. They know they're full of shit and no, they don't care. Know that they don't care. They're just, they have to control their narrative because them taking any accountability for their actions is death to them you know, so they're not going to take any accountability for their actions. And, um, 
another term that goes hand in hand with um, the spear campaign are flying monkeys. And, and it's a reference to um, the Wizard of Oz, uh, the flying monkeys and the Wizard of Oz. And the flying monkeys essentially are just the people who do the narcissist bidding. Um, and what I mean is, you know, the narcissist will convince them of a story about you so that they spread the story. It's just, it's basically just spraying out their story so they can reach more people with their filth and nonsense, you know? Um, and so that's flying monkeys and that is the smear campaign. So that's it as far as, um, my notes go. Um, like I said, when I, when I discovered some of these terms, it felt like I was handed a textbook literally handed a textbook and said, Oh my God, she's a narcissist. Um, so if you're doing your research about narcissistic abuse and, and somehow you come across this podcast and, and you come across this terminology, um, that's my ultimate mission is, you know, I hope that I can help. Um, because like I said, I just thought she was a liar or I just thought she was a gaslighter. I didn't know that there's, I didn't know a, that she was a narcissist and I didn't know that there's, there's a word for everything. I mean, you know, happy new year guys. It's 2022, but, um, at the time I'm recording this, it's in the evening, but it's 2022. Okay. People have lived through things before. This is not new. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, this is not new. There's a word for everything. Um, and gaslighting and reactionary abuse and love bombing and, you know, all this stuff, there's a word for it. And, um, I feel so fortunate that I feel like I caught her. I got it. Um, and when, when they're as textbook as they are, like I said, it's like having a crystal ball. It's like having a crystal ball. And, um, I can predict a lot of things that are going to happen. Um, maybe not the exact situations, but a variation of what I think will happen will happen. It's almost like I'm a, a fortune teller. So, okay. So, um, I guess I'm coming to the end of this first episode. This felt good. This felt really good. Um, in the coming episodes, I'm going to tell my story. Um, I'm going to tell you about my love bombing stages. I'm going to tell you about, um, how we fell in love. (laughs) Oh God. And I'm going to tell you about how we got married and how we had kids and how we bought a home and all these things that I'm sure you guys went through too. And we're going to work it out. You know, um, we're going to navigate this, you know, we're going to get through this. I love when people say we're going to get through this. There's no way around it. There's no way around it. You can't dodge this healing. The only way is through. And so I'm going to tell you guys my story. Um, I'm going to be detailed. Um, I'm going to be graphic. Um, I'd appreciate if you can identify with the emotions and don't compare the situations. Um, cause we all live something different, but we all, you know, we all live different situations, but we all share similar emotions. And that's the whole point of this podcast. So, um, I feel like I'm going on for a bit. Um, if you'd like to talk, um, again, you can uh, follow me on um, Instagram. It's dimming, D-I-M-M-I-N-G, underscore the, underscore gaslight on Instagram. Or you can email me at dimmingthegaslight at gmail.com. 
Um, I'd love to hear your story. Um, I'm going to start, you know, uh, collecting, um, I guess you can call them testimonies. And like I said, I want you guys to come on here and I want you to tell your story and I'll interview you and you can interview me and you can say, you know, what did you think about this? And, oh yeah, you know, um, uh, you know, there's so much stuff that like, you know, even things that we're going to forget, we're going to forget some of the things that happened and we're going to jog each other's memory. And go, oh my God, I can't remember what I can't, I can't, I forgot when that happened. Oh, it's, it's going to be good. This is going to be good. I'm excited for it. Um, thank you for listening to my first episode. Um, and I'll see you next time.